minded, we were blinded Looking for peace without Jesus, we can't find it Ministry minded, we were blinded Looking for peace without Jesus, we can't What up, what up, what up, what up How y'all doing? Welcome to another episode of Anthony's Godly Guidance I hope you love it, I hope it blesses you More importantly, I hope it gets you closer to God Enjoy What's going on, y'all? It's your man, Anthony, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Anthony's Godly Guidance. So, um, as I had said before <clears throat> on the last episode, I had the little thing that I, I put in there because the episode you're about to hear was supposed to be before the last episode, but we had a technical difficulty. That being said, here's my man, Tony Castillo. What's going on, man? What's up, man? Glad to be back for the second time. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, this time we will not lose it. Yeah. This time we will not lose it. So, um, how you been? Good, man. Just trying to brave this cold and stay warm. And, you know. Oh, man, you ain't lying. I'm waiting on spring. <laughs> well, the, the groundhog didn't see a shadow. Yeah, so, I saw that. So, hopefully that means soon. Yeah. Yeah, we can hope anyway. Right. This is Colorado. We don't, <laughs> I don't think we go by that ground. Hard. I hear you. I we hear do you. our own thing over here. I hear you. <laughs> right, considering it was 50 degrees like two days ago. Yep, and, yep. and, and now then, we're in the teens. Right. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, man, uh, you ready? I'm ready. All right, well, let's see how this one goes. All right. <laughs> we'll see how this one goes. Um, sure. Man, I, I will say this. I wish y'all could hear what we did the last time. Definitely. That was so nice, but. This one will be dope. Yeah. So, let me get going. First question I have for you. When I say racism, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Um, that's, that's, I think, you know, as I read that question, I kind of, I want to answer it the same way I did last time. Um, when I read that question initially, and, and I want to preface this by saying that I hope whoever listens to this I pray my prayer is that everybody that listens to this podcast, this particular episode, would listen from front to back and listen to the reasoning behind the answers. Okay. Um, So I would preface also by saying that my answer, I think, what we talked about last time was that a lot of our um, opinions, our biases, uh, what have you, um, are formed based off of. our experiences, right? Um, the environment that we grew up in, and, and so forth. So, um, when I say this, a lot of people are gonna go, ah, and some people are gonna turn their ears off and go, yeah, whatever. Um, but when when you say the word racism, I think my mind automatically goes to white people, and that would have to do with um, environment, um, my experiences with racism. Um, I think growing up, every, I'd say a majority, I've had a few non-white um, racist experience, but for the most part, a majority, 90 plus percent, um, everything racist uh, that I've experienced had to deal with white people. Um, now, I've... Growing up, I mean, I grew up in a predominantly Latino neighborhood. I grew right. up in North Denver. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so my experience was, I was on the other end of your racist experience. Right. Um, you know, you grew up as a, as a black man in a predominantly Latino neighborhood. I was a, a Latino. In, in a, and we had a few black kids, um, a few white kids. Right. Um, and I really, I really didn't, um, from my perspective I didn't have that bias towards the blacks or the whites or um, I was kind of a loner growing up so I I didn't um, in order for me to be racist I had to exclude possible potential friends <laughs> you know so I was looking at it like right. I don't care what color you are right. let's be friends right. you know? so, um, so that was my perspective from it um, I did spend a lot of time down on the east side with my auntie um, and so I, I grew up she had a, a, a black 
boyfriend or black husband her whole life. So she lived in black neighborhoods. I, as a teen, I actually grew up down there. I, you know, I moved out of my mom's house at the age of 16. My auntie took me in and I lived with her for some years. Right. Um, so I've always, you know, I've never really had a problem with, with uh, the black race whatsoever. Right. I've had a few black, you know, racist things said towards me. Right. You know, wetbacks, big, right. all that type of stuff. Um, but for the most part, I never really had any issues with, with that particular segment. My thoughts were, man, we're both in the same boat. <laughs> we're both minorities. I, yeah. We both get crapped on, uh, you know. That was... That was one of the things I was trying to relay when I was growing up on the West Side. You know, it's like, like you get that there's them and then there's us. And as I'm saying this again, I'm going to preference like, like Tony was prefacing. This is all situational and environmental. And at that point, what I'd seen was, yeah, there's white, white people everywhere, white this, white that. And then there was the rest of us. And so I'm like, so how y'all hating on me? Yeah. And they got everything we don't. So why you why you tripping on me? And that was one of the I think that's I believe that's one of the reasons it hurt so much because I was like, well, well, dang man, uh, don't we have similar struggles? I mean, (laughs) we in the same neighborhood for one. We doing the same thing. We got the same stuff going on and. We we struggling with the same racism coming from you know from this sector of people. So why are why are we front? But yeah, and I think another thing as I go back to my answer why why I said white people when I think about racism, I would also say that um, a humongous factor in that was media. TV, right, right. Movies. Right. Everything that I've seen. I mean, you watch the old movie clips from, or the old, you know, news clips, whatever, documentary uh, uh, footage from back when racism was rampant, when the civil rights movement was coming. You see white cops with billy clubs and mm-hmm. German shepherds sicking them on black people. Right. You see white kids spitting on black kids trying to um, integrate schools. Right. You. You know, you watch uh, Mississippi Burning, things of those nature, American History I still, X. I, I still haven't watched Mississippi Burning. <laughs> I still haven't watched yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, you see those type of movies, you see those type of portrayals, and it, it kind of um, sticks in your head, and it kind of forms an opinion. You know, right. a majority, I'm sure there's movies out there going the other way. Right. But um, a, a, a major... Um, influence of the media is is that portrayal right um and then today i mean if you look at it today if you go on social media you can see it all over the place. right you got um what, what are that they all have names and stuff like uh barbecue betty and the one is uh, the lady calling the cops on the black people oh, barbecuing yeah. right uh you got <clears> the <throat> lady who called the cops on the little kids that was selling water uh, i mean you got the racist uh, little old white ladies telling the mexicans go back to mexico in the target store oh, i mean it's God, just yeah. one after the other one after the other and i mean um, so it's just it's we go back to that nature versus nurture right. environment thing that, that I talked about in the last uh, episode that, that we lost right. but um, I think that's what forms people's biases so let me ask you this I, and I'll preference this so <clears throat> hearing you say what you were saying about <clears throat> the movies and media even predating social media because I grew up seeing those same images you know <clears throat> Do you think that it was a societal move to push racism? Like, because what I, what I mean by that is, there I can I don't believe in coincidence. <clears throat> I don't believe in accident. There's no accident that we, as minorities, saw all of these images of white folks, mm-hmm. the Klan, the skinheads. You know, the kids spitting on, you know, the integration, the white kids spitting on the black kids or, you know, the fire hoses on the civil rights. Do you think there, and and I don't believe because it wasn't until 
more recent that minorities had more of an influence on the media empire. Mm-hmm. You know, that was mainly white people dominating that. Right. But this is what they're showing us. So right, right. do you think that that was some ploy to keep a, a sense of division, which will go into my next question. So you can answer both of these at the same time. Sure. Do you think that was a ploy that goes into a division? And with that being said, do you believe that there's a clear and concise division amongst the races? Um, oh, so let's answer the first one. Do I think it was a, a ploy? I mean, yeah. I mean, if you look at, at government um, as a whole, and we can go off on that whole all right, yeah, tangent. Yeah, we can yeah, go down yeah. that rabbit hole all we want. Right. But um, I think their agenda is to remain in power. I mean, however, I think I think they realize the powers that be, and I don't I don't even necessarily want to make this a um, you know like a black white the white man wants to hold everybody down. I think right. it's the, those up, up at the top, which happen to be majority white, right. want to realize that if they can keep us separated keep us all fighting amongst ourselves and and not just Mexicans and blacks and and Asians and people of color white, white people too right, amen if they can keep us all um arguing amongst each other then then we're not focused on what they're doing up there right. we're too busy worried about on Facebook the latest viral video that comes out right um we're we're spending our time like that while they're over here passing these laws and take away freedoms and right. and, and whatnot so um well, I, I'm, I'm, in a sense, I, I, you know, I follow some of those conspiracy theories and, and whatnot. But yeah. um, in another sense, I think it, it comes down to human nature. I mean, if you if you notice, as as a child, like let's let's take a kid from from childhood. You take a kid from childhood, they'll pretty much you put them in a room. You put a bunch of kids in a room. They're all just gonna play with each other, black, white, Mexican, whatever. Right, right. No, no disregard for whatever. As they get older, as they mature, as they start, you know, identifying, learning about their culture or the people that are around them, um, the environment again. We go back to that environment. Right. They start clicking up. You'll see it. You can go to a high school. You can go to an elementary school. You can go to. Any place there's a big congregation of children, and you see your cliques. You see the kids that are athletic. You see the kids that are um, more like goth and um, introverted. You see, um, you know, the the beauty queens, the socialite girls. You see, I mean, you just have all these different cliques. So I think naturally, um, as we get older, we click up. Whether, you know... That's why sometimes you see white boys that are clicked up with nothing. There'll be one white boy in a group of black kids. Right. That's because he grew up in a black neighborhood and that's where he's comfortable with. That's who he was raised with and that's who he identifies with. Right. So I think it, it all goes down to your environment. The, the environment is a humongous key to this bias, to this... Um, Clicking up. So, what was the second question? I think I kind of touched on it. The second question was basically, did you think there was a clear and concise divide amongst the races in um, our society? I think, yeah. I mean, I think generally, generally people want to be around people like them. You know, they feel most comfortable. Here's and and uh, if I'm being transparent, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about <laughs> this kind of this kind of goes to. Uh, to something that I've identified in myself. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm at this age, you know, I'm 45 years old. I'm at this age where health is becoming important. And I'm like, uh, it's been, I haven't had a, a physical or anything since the, geez, my 20s, somewhere wow. around my 20s, bro. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's been that, I'm that Ooh. guy. Okay. I'm that guy. If it ain't broke, I ain't I'll going to the mechanic. I, 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 I hear you. I hear you. I might man. get some duct tape and try and fix it myself, but I'm I'm not gonna take it to a mechanic if I can help it. I hear you. So anyway, um, 
I told my wife, I said, you know, this year is my plan. I've, I've been in the gym. I've been doing a lot of working out, lost a lot of weight. And I'm like, you know what? I think I just need to go to the doctor. I just want to get a good checkup. I really kind of just want to see how my health is because I've been so on it, eating salads, eating greens, eating healthy, you know, like working out five, six days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I go to pull up my provider network, I automatically look for the Latino doctors. <laughs> I automatically do. And, and you know, it doesn't, it doesn't say... I'm not looking because I think he's going to be more qualified. I'm not looking because um, I think a white doctor will treat me racist or I, I have that preconceived see. No, it's because I want to go to somebody who understands me as a man, who has been through maybe the sa- some of the same struggles as I have, even though it's different. Right. He knows my diet. He knows I'm eating beans and chili, and he can say, hey, bro. This is, uh, I know my mama made beans and chili 24-7. Right. This is the problems that it's going to cause in your body. But I think it's just, I want to go to a Latino doctor, one, because he's like me. But another is I want to support other Latinos. You know, it doesn't, it's, it's not that I hate white doctors. And if, if I couldn't find a good a Latino doctor and, and, and uh, a friend said, hey, man, go see my doctor, Dr. Uh, Smith. And he's a really good guy. I probably would would book and go with him on a recommendation. But yeah. searching it on my own, that was my first go-to. I, and I, I had to scroll, bro. I had to scroll <laughs> for a long time until I found a, a Valdez or a Martinez right. or something, you know. I Well, see, I understand that because I, I, I spoke about this on one of the other episodes. And uh, one of the things that I, watching Family Feud... <clears throat> If there's a black family against a white family, I'm always rooting for the black family. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't like the white family. Yep. I don't know. I don't know the black family. Yep. They could hate my guts for all I know. Yep. But I'm rooting for the black family yep. because of what you're saying. I like to see my people advance. Yep. So I see that as like cool, and I don't get anything yeah. if they win. I oh mean, yeah. Okay, but yeah. I so no, I hear you that, and I think if if our society was more transparent yes more people would admit to things like that oh yeah you know and whether it be white black asian whatever exactly. and if a white person saying well if i see i root for a white guy that's not racist yep why would i mean me and you were both saying we've rooted for people in our own race right yep, yep. so if a white dude says it why do we you know we will jump on and be like oh did you hear what this fool said yeah he, he's rooting for white people yep, like yeah but well, Negro, didn't you just say you was rooting yep. for the black man? You know. Yep. So, anyway, I I wanted to go with what you were saying because I agree with you, and it's something that I have acknowledged in recent times. Yes. But for years, it was an unconscious thing that I did. Yeah. And I mean, I think to some degree, it's still unconscious. A lot of that is still unconscious. Oh, so yeah. you'll be seeing something like, and you'll be like, okay, and you're just rooting for, it, and then. Now, now I'll stop and think. Well, what are you rooting for this dude for? Is it because it's because he's black? <laughs> yeah. Oh shoot. Well. Yeah. What if the white dude was cool? You know, these are conversations I now have that I wouldn't before. Oh yeah. And, and I think I mean we can even go to the the whole Obama presidency. I'll be honest. I was rooting for that dude strictly for the fact that he was <laughs> black. I'll right. be honest. I'm right. like like straight up. I was like, I want that dude in there because. For one, he's a minority. I know he's probably gone through. Uh, granted, he's like a um, a suburban, right? Uh, a black guy. You right. know, he, he grew up in a and probably uh, like yourself, one black amongst several other. Right. Uh, you know, one specific other race. He right. grew up around other white people. That's that's that's. I'm pretty sure well, that's well, pretty. I mean, his mama. Yeah, white, his mom is white. I mean, he grew up. I mean, you know, the whole Kenya and all that stuff. Right. But, um, you know, he went to college. I'm pretty sure that was majority white. Um, but he was somebody not from the norm. And, and then talking about that, I think that's why Trump got into pre- presidency. Because he was somebody not the norm. The norm. Everybody got sick of politicians. So they said, let's vote this dude. He's talking this crazy talk. Let's Let's put him in there because... He's not a politician, so he's going to fight for the man. Right. I, I agree with both of those statements. I agree with both of those statements. Yep. And, you know, and I think when it comes to the Obama thing, 
being that he grew up suburban, that probably played a lot into his psyche and pushed him to be what he was at because he might not have had to deal with gangbangers, but he probably had to deal with some, some skinheads and some, oh, yeah. you know, some Klansmen. Mm-hmm. So even though he was in a quote-unquote better neighborhood, he probably, I'm sure he got called all kind of nigga. And oh, all, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then they would look at his mom and be like, whoa. Yeah. And I'm sure she got called all kind of something oh, or other, yeah. you know, like, what you doing with this nigga for mm-hmm. a son and all of that? Mm-hmm. And so my thought would, and again, I am not saying that I know these things. Let me preference that. Yes. But this would be, <laughs> being from my experiences, being that, you know, I've been singled out for being different. On whether it be what on the west side or up here in and suburb you know white suburbia. Yeah. I I heard nigga or or whatever pick whatever racial slur you want to right. put in there because I can sit here and go off for minutes. Oh and yeah, yeah. Minutes talking about all the things I've been called. Oh yeah. But my experience would dictate that if I went through that and he's older than me. He definitely went through. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I, I don't care if he was in Illinois, Hawaii, wherever he was. If this dude was in, he was the minority. Oh yeah. Especially if he was one of the only black kids. Well, and he's mixed. So they talk about that whole thing with him being from Kenya. I'm sure he experiences the racism from the other oh, side. I'm oh, sure. he's the half breed. Right. And, 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 and saying all those kind of slurs as well. Well, that's funny because the next the next episode is coming out. The dude, his name's Cliff Jones, and he is mixed. Yeah. So we'll get that aspect of it on that oh, next yeah. episode. Because, oh, yeah. I mean. Well, and, and, and we have bias within our own Latino culture. You see, I, I grew up here in Colorado. I have zero, um, zero, uh, well, I can't see zero because I know how to speak a little bit. I know how to speak a little Spanish, just enough. To say, can I get a beer? Right. Can, you know, a couple of things here and there. Right. Um, I'm not fluent. And the Mexicans that are from Mexico look down on us. Like, well, why don't you speak Spanish? I, I get it all day long. Right. I, <laughs> I, 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 I serve uh, the Latino pop, um, population in my, uh, in my job. And they come in and they start, like just yesterday, as a matter of fact, I had a guy come in and he was rambling off going 50 million miles an hour speaking Spanish and I was like uh, no hablo bro and he, he said por que why, why why don't you speak Spanish and I was like uh, my, growing up my grandparents you know they only spoke Spanish to keep things from us they never taught us because when they grew up it was um, frowned upon like uh, Mexicans were looked down you don't hear a lot about our culture like right. when you hear about the civil rights days and all that, you don't know nothing about Mexicans. It's always right. black, it's always white. I, right, but we I were agree. treated just like y'all. We, I, we, yeah. we couldn't drink at the white um, right. at the white fountains. We couldn't use those white bathrooms either. We were ostracized. We were basically considered colored as well. Right. Um, but, but you don't hear our story. So that's another thing, uh, a layer to it is, as Latinos, we don't grow up learning about our, our culture. We don't ever we don't ever hear about that. Right. Um, you know, coming recently, they started teaching a little bit about like Caesar Chavez, right? And his unionizing of the, um, you know, farm produce pickers and, and, right. and things like that. But um, so we have our own biases within our own culture. You're not Mexican enough. Oh, you're acting white. I don't oh, know yeah. how many times people have said, "Oh man, oh, yeah. you're acting white." That is that's a. Boy, that and I'm like, why, why am I acting white? Because I'm speaking proper English, and right. I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> like, like, Man. why is that a thing? Like, uh, there's different, different. Uh, I, I saw the meme the other day. It was like, um, I'm, I'm hood, but my customer service voice went to Harvard or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like I could, I could talk. Uh, you know, hood or whatever, but when it's time to be professional, I can be professional. Well, and so, and I've been told, so in Michigan, because my family in Michigan, my grandparents are from Arkansas, and so the Arkansas went up to Michigan with them, yeah, and they talk country, 
okay. in, in Michigan, where, yeah. where you know where my family's from. And so when I went, this was, God, I can't remember how many years ago this was, but I was there and uh, we were chilling with some people, and you know I was talking, and they looked at and they, they looked at my cousin, they say, "Why your cousin talk all proper and why you talk all proper and stuff, man?" And and I looked, and he said he's from Colorado, and I was like, oh. And at this moment, I was like, I, you know, I had to say something. I was like, that's crazy. So I said, Here, here's how country y'all are, right? I was like, because when I talk like this in, in Colorado, I ain't proper. In fact, they talk about why you talk with so much slang. Yeah. And then here I am, and you talk this country that <laughs> I can't, you know, because I don't sound country, now I talk <laughs> proper. Like, get out of here with that. Yeah, yeah. But, I, man, I don't, I don't remember if this was when you and I were talking last or if this is on another... All of these, all of these conversations <laughs> are starting to mesh together, yeah, man. Yeah. But I, I talked about that, and one of the things that upsets me, because I like the Hispanic culture, the black culture is just like that, you know, because you might, if you light skinned it as opposed to dark, then you're getting picked up for being light skinned, yeah. even if you ain't half white, but yeah. you light skinned it, yeah. or if you're too dark, everybody talking about. One of the things we always, man, I ain't as black as Wesley Snipes, you know, yeah. st- stuff like that, yeah, yeah. and. We are just as our culture is just as hate, hate hatred towards each other oh, yeah. as anybody else. And yeah. you know that, that when you said the term you talk white or whitewashed, yeah. I can't tell you. I couldn't vocalize it when I was younger, but the older I got, tomorrow I was like, dude, y'all, y'all are insane. They're, how is someone? How tell me how someone is whitewashed? Yeah, like. I don't act black like fool black ain't what i act it's what i am yeah yeah i can't i could be carlton you know (laughs) but i'm still black and you know what there was even episodes of the fresh prince where carlton was reminded that he was black even though he was he acted the part he went oh yeah uh, harvard and all but then it was like whoa wait you still black so you know that sucks when you Get it from your own culture, yep. your own race. Let me say race because culture is a whole different thing. Yep. You get it from your own race, and then you try to be this other race, and they're like, "No, but you ain't us." Yeah, you got the the act and the talk down, but yeah, you ain't one of us. Yeah, and it, and we wonder why people have so many identity issues. Oh yeah, you know, I can't I can't be with my people. I can't be with these people. Well, where do I fit in? Yeah, it's 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 crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, but yeah, I agree with you on the the. I think that so I can only speak from the black perspective on this. Right. Black was black folks were taught to hate each other back in the slave days. Right. It you know they had the house. Right. The, the house, house nigga. And right. And then right <laughs> yeah. the field nigga and the, you know and they was going back and forth. Yeah. And so it's a wonder why you know. I, I understand where it's rooted from. Yeah. The issue is, that was 500 years ago. Yeah. Now to throw some Bible in here. And I'm paraphrasing this, but Paul said in uh, Philippians, he, he basically he was saying, I'm all these things, but I tell you one thing, I can do, I do all these things wrong, but I tell you one thing I do right. I press forward, you know. Yeah. Press forward towards the mark, which yeah. is Christ. Like, you got me on all this other stuff. I've been this, I've done that, I've been whatever. But that's there, man. I ain't worried about what's there. I'm yeah. trying to go forward. Exactly. And I think to, I think us minorities are stuck. Now, I will also agree that <clears throat> we are reminded constantly yes. of the differences. Yeah. But how many, how many minorities have come up in in a horrible situation and have risen above and and now they're like they're straight they're set and not to say that money is the means for success but they they came from nothing and now they're they've made something out of their lives well why can't we focus more on that you know what i'm saying why can't we focus more on that and as opposed to what happened here and and to keep it what i was saying with the with the hating each other I get we were taught that, but how many how many wrong things were we taught in the past? Think about it. We believe Christopher Columbus discovered America when we were kids, right? Right, right. right. And you couldn't you couldn't tell us anything. In fact, when someone first said that he didn't, I was like, "Shut up, you lying." They've been teaching us that since first grade, oh, yeah. or 
to to go somewhere non-race. Freaking Pluto. Yeah. Someone, I remember when one of them kids first told me Pluto ain't a planet. We had an argument. We were <laughs> arguing. Like, this, we stopped. I was arguing yeah. with this kid for like 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. And I, I was like, man, do you know they've been telling me this? We started learning about the planets here, and Pluto is a planet. Yeah. And then I'll go into one of the classes, and they like, oh, now it ain't a planet. Yeah. Like, wait, what? When did you decide Pluto <laughs> wasn't a planet? Like, what, what are you doing? Like, oh, uh, yeah. That Pluto? Nah. But, you know, I, I say that to stick to how we, we, can, we have been taught wrong in the past. Oh, yeah. The Bible tells us to repent. Yeah. And people here repent and they think that means begging for forgiveness. No, just change yeah. your change your ways. Walk away it's from a, that. It's a it's a change of your your mindset, a change of your thinking, a a, a, a turning away from past behavior. Right. Is basically, what it is. Right. So, anyway, I didn't I didn't I don't know where that came <laughs> from, man, but it it came. So anyway, let me. Uh, what are some of the races? What are some of the experiences you have with racism? Oh geez, um, for a majority of my my childhood, like I said, I grew up in North Denver. Was surrounded nothing by Latinos. It was it was just I really didn't experience much racism. Um, I can remember early early experiences with racism. Uh, my uncle um, lived out way out near. This was before Highlands Ranch came around, but it was in that area. It was off like Arapahoe and Holly. Um, and so we would go out there. He'd have barbecues for whatever holidays. <clears throat> we would go out there and, and hang out. And I can just remember going to um, the store with my cousin for pop and ice or whatever. It was just right down the way. So we went over there. And just the looks that people would, would give. And I was like, are they looking at right and then i heard um this it was a, some type of a teenager i, I want to say early teens called me a beaner he, he was talking to his other friend i don't know where did all these beaners come from or something he said something along that mm-hmm. line and i was like what like <laughs> it blew my mind you right. know what i'm saying right. like did he just call is he talking about me or right did he call me a beaner i looked around for other mexicans i'm like i guess he's talking about me and, and it and it shocked me. I mean, I wasn't even angry. I was like shocked initially, like the, my first exposure to racism. Um, and then later, my mom and my stepdad actually got involved in a, a car accident, and they got a pretty nice little settlement out of it. And they decided they wanted to open a restaurant out in that area. Um, so this was right as Highlands Ranch was just coming up. As a matter of fact, I went to Highlands Ranch High School the second year that it was open. Mm. Um, so we moved out there to this little community. We didn't move into Highlands Ranch because we didn't have that kind of money. We didn't get that kind of settlement. <laughs> uh, but we moved into this little community called Acres Green, which is basically county line and I-25 area. Um, it's it's been built up and since I lived out there. Is this still around? Yeah, it's 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 out there. I I took a cruise out. I was out there for some reason, and I just kind of drove by to see my old house. And, oh, and yeah, it's still there, um, but it was called Acres Green, and it's kind of like um, like we're in Westminster. My neighborhood is called Willow something or other. I can't even remember the name. That's um, not countryside? Uh, no, it's not countryside. Oh, it's, shoot. It's called Willow's Green or something I, like that. See, I, I'm learning um, something. I've been here 26 years. I'm yeah. just learning this. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, um, so anyway, we they, they moved us out there, got us a house, enrolled me in school at Highlands Ranch. And boy, you talk about a culture shock. <laughs> I go from North High, where I'm one of uh, however many hundreds or thousands I don't know how many kids were going to that school right. at the time that I was there but um, I'm a, the majority 90% 90 probably 95 97% right. Latino to going to Highlands Ranch High School where I am one of maybe five Mexicans in the whole school and um, four of those Mexicans grew up in that neighborhood grew up around all those kids so they had assimilated they had right. woven themselves into that culture they had been accepted right and here i come 
with my Latino slang, my talk, my dress. You know, I come out there sticking out like a sore thumb. Right. It was just, you know, it was not a good experience. Um, I had actual skinheads going to school with me. Um, they would wear the, the steel toe boots and the little red uh, right. the uh, suspenders. suspenders that would hang down, right. shaved heads. I had a moped. They used to chase me on my moped and call me wet back and spick and tell me to go back to where I came from. Um, I, I was in a fight probably at least once, if not twice a week, um, getting off the bus. Um, a lot of the jocks didn't like me. Just a lot of the people there in general didn't like me. Um, my house was constantly getting teepeed. Um, it was just not a good experience, man. So that that experience, moving out there, I think is what, what built up my biases. And, and my, at the time, I'll, I'll just be honest, my hatred towards, towards white people. I had, a, I had built this wall up. I wasn't going to deal with white people if I didn't have to. Right. And when I did deal with you, I had a preconceived notion that you were a racist and that you hated me and that in your mind you were calling me wetback and you were calling me spick. Right. And um, so that's those are my experiences. Um, and I think it took maturity um, growing up. Um, and God is God is funny. He'll place you in situations where you have to deal with that. Right. And, right. And so um, moving out here, I've, I've been out here for um, coming up on 17 years in June. Um, all of my neighbors are white. Um, the church that I go to is predominantly white. I mean, we're pretty mixed, but um, got involved in some men's groups that are all white. I'm like one of the only Mexicans there. Right. So I had to deal with, with white people on a regular basis and, and I started seeing that they're not all like that. Right. There was genuinely good dudes. I got to start chipping away at that wall that I built up and 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 I was able to judge books not by their cover but by their by their content. Right. On the inside. And 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 uh so little by little, it's chipped away. I don't think there's any way to ever 100% get rid of your bias. I, I think I think once you have it in you, it's ingrained in there. And I think that you can um, work uh, consciously to uh, to change your views. Right. But it's always there under the surface. And then, and then social media... Things right. that happen on social media. When you see certain things, it'll spark something from the past. I'm telling it'll, you. It'll bring up a memory, and it will um, take you right back. There's sometimes I th- see things on social media. It takes me right back to, you know, those skinheads calling me right, right. back and spick and all those things. And, and, and it brings up those feelings of anger and, 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 and uh, rage within me. And I have to check myself right. and say, well... That's not everybody. That's not everybody. Man, I mean, I. it's funny because I had to do the same thing, but I had to do it not just with white boys. I had to do it with, with Latino dudes, too, right, right. because I had that bias, which is crazy because one of one of the, my oldest partners, man, that I've known, he, he's a Latino. Him, him, my dad and his dad used to kick it before we were born. Yeah. And, I mean, we still talk. I mean, I don't see him as much now. I mean, right. everybody groaning. Oh, yeah. But even when I was going through that distrust and that chip on my shoulder towards Latino dudes, yeah. he was always excluded. Right, right. Be- because I knew him. Oh, yeah. I saw him. I was comfortable with him. And he never did that to me. Yeah. So I was like, man, these fools, but this dude is cool. Yeah. And so getting into high school... With the white, with the white dudes, there was, you know, there's all these white dudes that I'm like, ah, white boys, this, that. Yeah, yeah. Except there's these couple, yeah, white boys that are like, nah, man, it, dude is tight. Yeah. They, he's, you know, because one of the first, when we moved up here, we moved up here in '92. Wow. So it's almost been 20. Ne- next month it'll be 20. Actually, this month, no. Next month it'll be 27 years Jeez. that we moved up here. One of the first dudes that I hung out with, white dude. I mean, we still tight to this day. Um, 
but I had to be put in that situation, like you said, and he and I would talk, and I would hear the things he was saying, and I'm like, oh, wait, wait, this dude listen to the same music I listen to? Yep. This dude, you know, knows about this and that, and yep. the things he was saying, I was like, why most white boys, white boys don't talk like that. Yeah. So I'm like, well, gosh, man, you know, and, and it tore that down. Right. You know, and then one of the things that got me was college. And one of the biggest things I got out of college <clears throat> was what I'm about to tell you. I was I, I hated history in, in high school because we were always, you only learned about Martin Luther King. Yeah. They would sprinkle some Rosa Parks in there. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they would talk about the Underground Railroad a little bit. Yeah. But, you, I mean, you... Martin Luther King, Black History Month, Martin Luther King. Okay, next. Yeah. So there were, we were learning about a history where either black folks were slaves, Indians were savages, yeah. the, the Mexicans were savages, yeah. and the savior white, the white, white savior was there to save everybody. Yeah. So I didn't care about history. I don't yeah. hear about all that crap. Yeah, yeah. And that was the mentality I had. So I go to college and I took a world, no, I took a U.S. history class. And it was this older white dude. He, I, I, if he's still alive now, I would imagine he's probably in his late seventies, early eighties. But anyway, so he was in his fifties at the time. So walking in, I was like, "Oh, here we go." Already had a preconceived notion. Yeah. Old, was older white dude. Of course, what's yeah. he going to teach me? Man, the stuff this cat was saying, man, I was like, "Whoa." And he was talking about how the history here was BS and how, you know, they didn't tell you the real story and this and that. And I'm like, oh, my God. And this is coming out of white dude's yeah, mouth. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. wow. And, you know, and he he had me, he challenged me. Yeah. Because there was only one other white guy, white teacher that I came across that challenged my thinking on that. Because I always thought, well, it's all the white dude. They're just going to taste the same old crap. And this happened in seventh grade, but I mean, similar experience, but not on the ski, the grand scale. The grand scheme. This dude literally uh, like changed my whole perspective on history. Yeah. And so now I'm I'm liking going to this class. I'm like I don't want to go to the rest of the class. So I told him I was like, I don't even. I'm like I just want to stay in this class. I don't even want to do the rest of the stuff. Yeah. yeah. And some of those classes were black teachers, and yeah. I was like, nah, I don't even need to go there. I need I need to hear this. Yeah. Because it challenged my thinking, and it challenged me to think that not all older white dudes were racist. Oh yeah. Because of course that's what we thought. Right. Because when they should, like we talked about in the movies, when they showed you the older white dudes, yeah, they were all the grand wizard and all of this or you know exactly. they go in their closet and pull out their sheet yeah. but you know so you, of course you have that and my god man I learned so much from his class that I ended up becoming a social studies major right and learning more about stuff like that to where now the conversations that I have albeit I'll be the first to admit my biases have stuck like you said they're hard it's, it's a it's a lifelong process yeah. to destroy biases. Oh, yeah. It's not like you say, I don't want to think that anymore and it's gone. Yeah. So I yeah. completely agree with you on that. Yeah. But now, starting with walking into this dude's class, it challenges me to think, well, he wasn't like the rest of them. So what if I, why don't I give this person that opportunity? Right. And it turned into these people and it turned into these people yeah. to where I don't always walk into a situation with your guard up. Right. And I'm already <laughs> thinking, yeah, racist, 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 exactly. racist. Now, the chip, all minorities have a chip on their shoulder. Oh, yeah. The chip is there. Yeah. So in certain situations, you know, I'm like, mm, let me, you know, I'm going to watch what I say. Yeah. I'm going to be mindful of how I come across. Yeah. You know, I might even change my demeanor and then people be like, you switching it up? Like, no, no, yeah, I'm not switching it up. What I'm doing is I'm trying not to be a target. Yeah. So, you know, my demeanor, although my dress is what it is, but I'm just, I, you have that. Yeah, when you're, when you're in a situation, right. you're kind of loose when you're just right. chilling like right. this. And you get around like it's like a, a, that environment that you're right. talking about, and you're more right. like yeah. you're you more like up, this. Right. Yeah, you're like, sitting up proper right. with your hands folded in your in your in your uh, in front of you, and, and you pull out your big words, right? And, and your vernacular, <laughs> and your <laughs> right. And it's like, well, why you do that? It's like, cause man, you don't get it. I'm trying to, 
I gotta, I gotta, yeah. I gotta, I gotta maintain, man. Cause <laughs> if I don't, you know, so I mean, I do that, yeah. and I, I, I'll even admit that if I go into a certain situation and it's a lot of Latino dudes, yeah. I have that that. I'm reminded of that, and I'm like, okay, let me be mindful of what's going on here. Yeah. And so, like, if I go somewhere, you might see me work my way to the wall. Yeah. So ain't nobody behind me. Yeah. So if something go down, you know, if something yeah. reminiscent of when <laughs> yeah. I was a kid, I'm like, okay, I see what's coming. <laughs> you ain't about to sneak me. That's just like driving in the car. Anytime I see a cop, man, if, I, if I'm wearing a hat, a lot of people <laughs> take my hat off and put it in the seat next to me, like, uh. Uh, it's just oh, I I don't know why that is. Like maybe it's because I used to get pulled over and I was I'm wearing a hat you. and they would be affiliated with a gangster or right. something. But that's that's a, a habit. And my friend laughed so hard. We were driving. He goes, "Hey man, be careful. There's a cop." I was like, I put my hat down. He goes, "Why'd you take your hat off?" I was like, "It's just a habit, bro. It's just a habit." My wife teases me yeah. about that. We we be driving. And I'm this, and then I look up, and all of a sudden I'm ten and two. <laughs> ten and two. And I'm sitting there checking my seatbelt, looking <laughs> yeah. at the mirror, looking around, oh, looking yeah. at me. She's yeah. like, "Were you speeding?" I'm like, no. What's wrong with you? I was like, "You don't, you don't get it." I'm like, you don't, you get don't it. know. I how many to, times I've been description. I, dude, I used to get pulled over out here oh, once yeah. a week at least. When wow. I got my license, yep. being here in Westminster, oh, yeah. man, once a week at least. They knew my name. Mm-hmm. I was on a gang contract in Thornton, oh, yeah. North Glen, Broomfield, Westminster, Arvada. Mind you, I don't bang in yeah. Manhattan. I mean, of course, there were the ties, but I'm on. Yeah. And like, they even knew I got a, because I have braids, my, my homeboy started calling me O-Dog because I had a yeah. braids like he did. They even knew that. The cops yeah. like, oh, look, it's O-Dog. Like, what? You, you don't know me, fool. Uh. So, yeah, still to this day, 20 plus years later, yeah. I see a cop and it's like, <clears throat> Uh. <laughs> <laughs> trying to act normal right <laughs> like you're not paying attention right. to him right and then now you like out the corner of the eye you're kind of like is he looking <laughs> oh shoot he's looking oh man i'm turning <laughs> I, you know i'm having this eternal oh, yeah, conversation yeah. i'm turning yep. oh man i'm going to the store yep. oh my god Man, what's up in this neighborhood? I don't know. I think I'm going to this neighborhood. Yeah. I ain't did nothing wrong. You're already you're already forming an alibi. Do you know I pulled you over? No, sir. <laughs> and you, it's funny. Another thing that made me think of, and this was a uh, Willie D from the Ghetto Boys said yeah. this, and uh, so obviously I'm going to have to tame it because yeah, yeah. He said, when I get pulled over, I'm yes, sir, and no, sir. But when he leaves, I'm calling him a redneck, blah, 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 you know. Yeah. And and to some extent, not necessarily in the redneck, whatever, but every time I have an interaction with a cop, every single time, yes, sir, no, sir. Oh, yeah. Why do you, no, sir, I don't know why you pulled me over. Why did you pull Oh, no, you know what? I apologize. You know, if it's something oh, yeah. I know I did, you know. You're right, but you know I didn't this and that. I didn't realize this. My bad, you know. Yeah. And I learned that because when I was young, huh. you pull over, be like, "F you, cop! Why you, you, pull, why right? you messing with why me? Why it's because I'm black. Yep. The power, oh, you know, dude, all this I, stuff. And all I went through all that whole deal and getting beat up. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. That changed. But see, people don't understand. That'll change your mentality. Oh, yeah. Like at some point, am I going to keep talking the same way oh, yeah. to this cop? Oh, and, I talk and my seeing, way. I talked my way in, into jail several times in, in my uh, teens. It never got me to jail. I just got beat up. Oh yeah, I, no, I got to jail. They no. they they arrested me on, uh, you name it. Um, so I've been I've been to jail on that. And then eventually I learned. I went out one time with my cousin, my little cousin. My aunt was out of town, and we ended up having a running with the cops. And I'm over there, yes sir, no sir, doing that whole routine. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why y'all messing with us? This is the second time tonight y'all y'all done stopped us. And he grabbed my cousin and threw him up against the fence and was holding him there, shaking him. Like, what boy? And I told him, just shut up, dude. Right. And I said, I, and I, I tapped the officer. I said, hey, officer, he doesn't know the game. I said, can I talk to him real quick? And he said, yeah, you talk to him real quick. Get him straight or I'm going to take his ass to jail. And so I took him to the side and I said, look, bro, your mom's not here. I don't have bail money to get you out. Right. This is a game. There's a power game. 
They want you to yes sir, no sir. They're going to act hard and they're going to send you on your way. Just shut your mouth. Right. And he's like, but, but. I said, but nothing. You can scream and yell. You could do your best Ricky uh, impersonation right. from Boys in the Hood when we get back to the house. And, uh, you know, uh, but right now, let's just shut up. Right. And, and, and get out of this okay. So we get home. So we, so we did. And we got home and I said, bro. So I had to have a talk with him just like I had to talk with my son. You know, all this police stuff that's going on in the news, uh, you know, you have to have that conversation. When you get pulled over, yes sir, no sir. You keep your hands in plain sight. You don't reach for anything quickly. Right. You ask permission before you reach for something. Right. And and you you come home. You know, that's the main thing is I want you to come home. And, and it sucks that we have to have that conversation. You know, and it's not only it's not only white cops. It's, right. it's I've oh, had yeah. Latino cops rough me up. Oh yeah, that black do cops me dirtier too. than right. white. White cops was like, hey man, calm down. Right. You get a little crazy, right? right. <laughs> you man, know? you know, and we could go down that rabbit right. hole. But Ice Cube said it best: black police <laughs> showing out for the white cops. Yep. yep. I've seen that. And 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 no, we can go down that. And 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 I'll say that that I've had several positive interactions with me cops. too i think and i think i mean if we want to boil this all down to kind of put a bow on it is that i was talking about how my my outlook on white people and on race relations and 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 for this matter since we're tying it in the police um with maturity and with observations of being around white people and and i go to church and i've had the pleasure of speaking with a, a, a really good dude who's a cop who I posted something on on Facebook and he responded and put his two cents in and I got to I got to kind of see it from his perspective and and take into account um, and then maybe think about something I didn't think about but what I've learned what it boils down to is that in, in my perspective in, in observations is that a majority of people of all colors we're all the same amen we as men we all just want um our kids to be safe and healthy and happy we want them to come home at night we want to be able to provide for our family we want to um, make sure our wives and uh, the rest of our family is okay um a majority of people are that it's those few bad apples right that get all the press right because the one thing i've learned is that the media you know we see all these videos of you know barbecue becky and all these other people calling the cops and doing all this other stuff the the news doesn't come on and say in the positive news today a a black man helped a white lady across the the road right a white lady took in four black kids and help them to go to college like you don't hear those stories no all you hear is uh, a cop shot a black unarmed motorist uh a white uh youth was beat up by a gang of angry black men you know right. you only hear the negative things right um, but they don't talk about don't the talk dude around the corner the white cop who went and helped out some some black families yeah. some latino yeah, yeah, I agree. yeah you don't I hear that so that's why i think bias and racism is still prevalent that's why i think it continues to thrive i don't think it will ever ever go away i mean people will say well how do we solve it there's really no way to solve it in totality i think there's a way to solve it within your particular realm and it's to not buy into it to not not feed it and to not and to check those biases and those racist uh, thoughts when you have them, right? You know, when now, like, there's certain times where I'll go into, I'll be invited to something, and I go, and I'm the only Latino, I'm the only Mexican, I'm the only person of color. It's nothing but white people. My initial uncomfortable feeling when I walk in is like, oh, I'm sticking out like a sore thumb. Right. How many of these dudes are racist? And I'm like, man, I'm here for something totally different, and I don't need to concern myself, and and I don't need to. Um, project right my um thoughts or my you know what could be onto you when you could just be a really good dude who just wants to get to know me who who 
you know, we could be really good friends. How am I going to put a block up there before it even starts? You know, so I think um, people got to realize that is that a majority of this world is good people. We're all just trying to to survive and we all just want pretty much relatively the same exact thing. Right. Even I mean, I'll even go as far as to KKK, dra Grand Dragons and all that. I'm pretty sure they just want their people and their, their right. immediate family. They have the same visions and dreams as I do. Right, you know, just for their family. It's right. just nobody has conversations, but, so and which brings right, me right. to right. that that movie that I talked to you about. Um, I think it's called Accidental Courtesy, if I'm not mistaken. It's uh, Daryl Davis. Right. I found it on Netflix. I think it's Accidental Courtesy, and it's about this black dude who was in a band. Who I can't remember the exact story of how he ended up getting connected with. Um, the KKK leadership, um, they started talking to one another. They sat down and had conversations. And over the years, this man has been able to um, persuade, I don't know if persuade is a word, but through his interactions with them, 13 of the higher ups in the KKK have walked away from the clan. And he actually has their robes and their KKK little medallions and mm -hmm. all kinds, he has a collection. And um, off just from conversating with them, he actually let them use his tour bus to go to a clan rally because nobody else would rent to him. Because every time they show up, people are throwing bottles and stuff at the right. the bus. <clears throat> he let them borrow the bus, and they were like, "Why are you letting us borrow your bus?" He's like, "Cause you need a bus. Like, I'm here to help a need, you know." Right. And he changed he changed their perspective, and so I think. If, if anybody listens to this podcast, I want you to walk away with um, the way that we defeat racism, the way we break down biases, the way we break down the own walls that we have built up um, is conversation. Conversate with somebody that maybe you are, you have a bias against. <laughs> and, and you can't, I heard, I can't remember who said it, but... I think it was that Daryl Davis. You can't hate me if you know me. Right. You can't if you you can you can speculate and you can um, put all these ideas of thoughts and the bad things that you think about me. But when you sit down and really learn who I am and listen to my story, and you know what I'm about, it's almost impossible to hate me because I'm just like you. I agree. I so I thought as you were saying, I thought this one of the things because I believe. That is the way, the conversations, which is what spawned this series and the podcast. Right. To start having conversations that could be uncomfortable, yeah. that people needed to hear. <clears throat> and, you know, some of these might irk some people, oh, yeah. but good. It's, it should. Yeah. The reason that I believe, because I, I believe that all people are inherently, I don't want to say that. All people are looking out for their for their for their own. Yep. Whether it be black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Filipino, yep. whatever. All people are looking out for their own. Yep. <clears throat> Two things get in the way, and this is why I don't believe racism is going to go anywhere. Yep. Pride being the number one. Mm -hmm. People are prideful. They want what they want, and they don't care what other people want, mm -hmm. and they don't care what. If I to in order to get mine. If I got to step over you, then so be it as long as mine is fine, which goes to the concept of me and my four no more. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that concept gets in the way of people progressing because, and again, I'm looking at mine and <clears throat> that, that can go into racism, that can go outside of racism. But my point mm -hmm. for, the, for the purposes of talking about racism, that is why we can't get past these barriers because... We've been told by those people that you said are up here that we are all in, this is the box that you're in. Yep. And we bought that lie. Yep. So we're stuck in these boxes. Invisible and, boxes. Right. And then, <laughs> right. And then pride got, got it like, so instead of me going to talk to you to see what you, what makes you tick, why you are the way you are, I'm like, I don't give a crap about him. It's all about me. Yeah. 
And so we're in this perpetual cycle, this yeah. perpetual circle, and no one is doing anything when that dude, Daryl Davis, as you said, things like that show the blueprint. And I mean, the stuff is in the Bible. The yeah. Bible tells us to do these things, uh, but people are not, people are not trying to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, last thoughts. Last thoughts, man. Um, I just pray that this podcast here would, uh, would spark some thoughts within everybody listening to it. I think that, uh, just open your mind, check your own biases. A lot of people say, oh, I'm not biased. I'm not racist. Um, but I think we need to, to check it. And we, uh, I would challenge everybody to, to think really be honest with yourself about your own biases. Be honest with yourself about where um, the racist thoughts and the biases that you hold within yourself. Uh, I mean, think that's really where it starts. Is okay, identify what biases you have and address them head on. You know, if you have a, a bias towards white people, go hang out with some white people. Get right. to know them. Right. Get to get to understand and and that's where you start breaking down those balls. Oh, well, I thought all white people were X, Y, Z. Um, but, but here I've talked to 10 white people and none of you are right. X, Y, and Z. Right. So then I can put that to the side. It must have been that one person that I had this interaction with that treated me a certain way that I've now stamped the entire uh, race with. You know? Which it's funny because we minorities hate when that happens to us. Yeah can't stand when we're lumped yeah but oh yeah we do the same thing yeah so i think that's where it starts man identify your bias face it head on and speak to those people that you have biases against and that's where we start you're not going to fix the entire world it's just impossible but what you can do is you can fix everything that's within your realm you can you can teach your children to drop their biases before they even get started you can preach that to them you can accept their white friends and their asian friends or whatever it is that you have your bias to and not project it onto them and you can stop that cycle from going any further um and check yourself you know you just have to constantly check yourself give everybody a fair shot right and until they prove otherwise that's my that's my latest motto is I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a, a chance. I'm gonna I'm gonna open myself up. I'm gonna hang out with you until you do something to prove me otherwise. Then I'll lump you in that racist bucket. <laughs> right. Well, uh, Mike said it best. What did he say? Uh, I'm looking at the man in the mirror. Yeah. <clears throat> I tell you, my final thoughts on this for this segment for this. If everybody would do just that, look at the man in the mirror. Check their own biases. Check their blind spots. Check what... Instead of me worrying about what all these people are doing, worry about what I can control and what I am doing. Because there are times where what I have done has played into why I was treated a certain way. Pride. When I said pride, pride is the reason we won't do that. Because pride, I'm too busy like, no, 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 it couldn't have been me. It was because they hate me because of blah, 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 blah. When I could have came in with that chip on my shoulder, walking around, you know, oh, you know. And and they was like, well, here's another angry black man, you know. And so then they start acting unkind to me. And now we just made this rhetoric instead of if I just, you know, if I if I know I'm in a bad spot going into a spot, a a situation. I might change it like I, I maybe maybe I'm not going here right now. Yeah. Maybe I need to stay at home. Maybe I need to go do this. Maybe I need to chill out. Yeah. But maybe you know if I could check me, if each individual person would learn to check themselves, I believe this is me. I've said this on this podcast before. If each individual person checked themselves, that would end racism. That would end war. That would end all conflict. Oh yeah. Because instead of me projecting my on you or whatever. If I've if I got me in check, even if you say something 
that I don't like, I'm in check, so I ain't gonna act foolish about it. I'm be yeah. like, oh, ah, I yeah. ain't gonna deal with that. You know what I'm saying? If yeah. if we could do that, it would end all conflict. But yeah. Yeah. pride comes in. And then I also think, um, and then you, and it's been touched on throughout all your whole podcast series, and I, and I definitely wanted to touch on it here. Um, this is Anthony's godly um, advice, and. It goes back to Matthew 22, man. Amen. Matthew 22, love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. You know, that's the, the second most important commandment. Right. The first is love God with, with everything you got. And the right. second is love your neighbor as yourself. And if we can, as Christians especially, right. and those Christians that are listening, if you identify yourself as a Christian, love your neighbor as yourself, man. Start there. That's where that's where we start. That's where a big tool, a big key to ending this racism. And and like I said, you're not gonna effectively end it in the world, but you can start with your piece of the pie. I was just reading in First John earlier. I don't remember where it was, but basically, and I think I said this in the first episode. The first episode of this. If you say you love God but hate your neighbor, you are a liar. Yep. Bible says that. Like, so how yep. can you say you love God? God is, God is saying, how can you say you love me but you hate what I've created? Yeah. But we Christians, yeah, yeah. we Christians forget that yeah. and start hating people. Oh, yeah. That's a whole other rabbit hole. <laughs> I stop. That is another series or at least episode I got coming that's in the works. Coming soon. So I'm gonna reel that in. That's just wisdom. That's a little that's a little nugget for y'all to come back for that. Yeah. Anyway, so appreciate you, brother. Mad right. love, mad love. Right. And you know what? I'm glad that we got this one going. Yeah. This it, it, it was just as good as the first time. Definitely. But you know, man, I really wish y'all could have heard the other one. <laughs> but it is what it is. So Come back next week where we will have Cliff Jones, who will be on the will be the seventh episode of the racism series. Um, y'all enjoy that too. A, di- a whole nother perspective on that. So I love y'all. God bless. <laughs>